Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to another another edition of the PHNX Rising Show, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. I'm Ramon Chavez. We got Owen Evans in the house, and we got Max Simpson with a brand new haircut. How you doing, sir? Doing well, doing well. Bit of a close, bit of a close shave here. There, a little little baby face action with the five o'clock shadow. But hey, I'm just here blowing bubbles, man. Yeah, he's there. <laughs> his bubble gum it's it's what did you feel like because Saul can't like i mean Saul could i suppose just walk up right behind you in your house it would be a bit weird maybe but well, like, I, I think that's a separate did you have to do something weird to make up for that i honestly you guys yeah you guys know me yeah that sounds about right it's pretty much answered that I like it. I like it. Uh, we're going to have a great show for you guys today. Thank you for joining us on this Tuesday uh, evening. Um, a lot of stuff going on uh, this morning, especially regarding where Rising will be playing next season. So we're definitely going to touch on that later today. Uh, talk a little bit about what happened last week with the uh, Luis Ejas, uh interview. That was a great one. So we're going to kind of break that down, our favorite moments and such. And, of course, we got more stuff to talk about because the World Cup is taking place this month, y'all. It's insane. Like, it got here so fast, uh, less than 25 days. And uh, I know Owen can't wait for that 16-hour flight. Uh, to go to Qatar, so uh, <laughs> we're definitely going to talk about that. It'll only be um, about half as long as the average Phoenix Rising game <laughs> from this past season. There you go. <laughs> uh, but before we get started, I do want to shout out uh, Reese, who's currently um, in the middle losing of losing two matchup. nil. He's currently oh, losing two nil. Should I not doing. say anything then? No, well, just... <laughs> no, but shout out to him. You made it farther than Rising did this season. So um, that's very he's, true. Uh, taking part in the USL Eat Football Championship. Uh, he won his first two matchups, I believe, and now he's going up against Memphis. But I guess how uh, what uh, Owen's saying is uh, he's down 2-0 currently. So yeah, he's, he's currently he's... approaching halftime, uh, losing 2-0 at the moment. There we go. Memphis there we go. We, we believe in you, Reese. Let's all pull our, yeah. our collective energies together. There you go. See, Thomas a very familiar cutscene in this one, actually, where it had Ben Lunt like, kind of coming out and shouting towards his defenders after conceding a goal. And it just, <laughs> I feel like we've seen this before. I feel like we've are seen you sure this it's many... an actual game the, against Memphis. Is, are you sure it's not just a replay? <laughs> I mean, possibly, uh, possibly. Yeah. We'll have to see. <laughs> Come on, Reese, bring it home. Bring it home. All right, y'all. Let's get to talking about the stadium situation. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors, uh, especially popping up this last week regarding where Rising will be playing. Of course, uh, when uh, Max and Owen got to speak to the general manager in an interview, Bobby Dooley, he, there was some. You know, uh, discussion about the stadium situation. There's been some rumblings about that. So let's uh, talk to Owen real quick. Owen, what have you been hearing? We've we've seen Arizona Deportiva, which is uh, another entity that covers Rising. You know, bring out some stuff today, and uh, you know, we kind of heard similar things. But what have you heard specifically from uh, your sources? Well, I think we should start by just 
kind of painting the backdrop to all of this, right? It's been... I kind of want to say it's been an open secret that Phoenix Rising and Wild Horse Pass, uh, the management at least at Wild Horse Pass, have not seen eye to eye over this past year. I would say it's an open secret, but of course, on times, it's kind of progressed beyond that. We've seen ownership in the Facebook group there, the uh, the cursed Facebook group that, unfortunately, Infamous. you know, sometimes we we do have to foray in there and see what everyone's talking about. It's... A lot of people don't there, like. There've the been comments in Phoenix there. Rising a lot of people don't like going Phoenix. in that Phoenix Rising Talk Facebook group. <laughs> but hey, you got to do it sometimes. And there's a lot of fans <laughs> in there that do. No, and it's it's justified. Sometimes there'll be complaints and other things. But look, we saw the owners in there earlier this season. They were talking about, or some of the owners at least, talking about how things had just changed at Wild Horse Pass. There was a kind of a just change in the expectation from what the management company and, and what they were going to do, what they're going to provide. There was, of course, a change in the management company between last season and this season. So that was a big thing. Um, it was something that Bobby Dooley earlier in the year kind of put down to a just communication issues. Maybe they were resolving that. They were getting back on board with that, which that's the public face, of course, the, the private faces that they they didn't ever really see eye to eye on a lot of things. Um you can't publicly trash them, of course, because you need that in the back pocket. You can't just go out and say, well, we don't get on with them. We don't like them. We're moving out as soon as we can, because then you'll find that you are moving out as soon as you can. But you might not have somewhere to move to. Now, the team has been actively looking at alternative sites. We know this. And, of course, there the, were a couple of sites that were reported on by uh, Deportiva, Arizona Deportiva, as you mentioned today, uh, Ramon there. There was initially a site at 35th Avenue and Buckeye. That one mm-hmm. felt like it came out of the blue, I think, from from what we've been hearing and, and from what, uh, you know, just what people have been talking about almost behind the scenes here. That one came out of the blue a little bit more. The second one that they reported on today, which was the, the uh, swap meet at 40th and, and Washington, that felt a lot more in tune with what we have in general been hearing which is that phoenix rising has been chatting in some way with the city of phoenix that areas around the airport are kind of somewhere that they're looking at going um and so that one didn't come as a huge surprise i will be clear on this now we do not have verification uh we can't independently verify what they have said that that is the site um we can only give really kind of the insight that I've just gone through there, which is that we know that there has been discussions with the city of Phoenix. We know that there, there has been some interest in land in the vicinity of the airport. Um, if you piece all those things together, of course it makes the reporting today seem more likely, but again, we can't confirm that for sure, but yeah, it's, it's a bit of a hectic time, isn't it? You know, there's never a quiet off season, is there, no, with this team? No, no, no. Never a quiet Max, off uh, season. Yeah, never, never quiet around these parts. Max, what are you, what are you thinking, man? How are you feeling about this? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, like like what we're all saying, like what Owen said. It's it's a lot of, in a way, speculation. We're just waiting to nail down what the final decision is going to be, where they're going to end up going. To me, the biggest thing is you now have been moving, and it's. Even since going back to the Arizona United days, you haven't really had a permanent home for like a large, a, a long stretch of seasons 
I'm just really curious wherever they go, can this be a longer term answer? I know people, you know, if it seems like a lot of these locations are in the West Valley, I get that, you know, you're never going to please everyone. Why? Right. West Valley people who were there, pure sports complex back in the day, rejoicing East Valley and people who have been acclimated to wild horse pass. Maybe there is a bit of gripes about that. You'll never be able to please everyone either way. But I think to me, the biggest thing is how you build um, your fan base, how you continue to solidify yourself as a like legit, not just pro or uh, soccer franchise in the USL, but even just like a team within the Valley is you have to have some sort of like stability in the front office and where you're playing. So that to me is like the biggest thing, no matter where they move, can we not have this conversation a year from now? Yeah. And Wild Hills Pass was supposed to be that, you know, mm-hmm. and when we all went down there for the big glitzy kind of reveal, you know, they pull the the governor of the uh, the reservation comes out and, and speaks to us about everything. And you've got ownership from Phoenix Rising there. And it's all being billed as this, look at this long-term project we're doing. We are actually building things here. You know, it's a change from the past when everything was just all these temporary structures that were being dropped in. This is, this is serious. This is long-term. And... It didn't turn out that way. Um, I think there's got to be a lot of soul searching as to why. Um, and that requires a degree of humbleness almost from, from both sides here. You know, from, from Phoenix Rising's perspective, again, as you've mentioned, with so much change, constant, constant change, there's got to be a kind of a bit of introspection there as to why and what are we doing to contribute to this as well as a club. Equally, it's quite well known as you know, we spoke about earlier here that there were issues with the management company. There were things that weren't necessarily keeping up with the expectations that had been set even, even in the, the early stages of this deal down at Wild Horse Pass. And so it's, yeah, they've got to find some way to, to settle. But the point more than anything is it's got to be the right place. It's got to be the right place to settle. And, I know you're mentioning there, Max, about how, okay, you've got the West Valley people and the East Valley people are almost never going to really see eye to eye on a location. I actually think that if you're in the kind of location they're looking at now, Mm -hmm. it's probably one of the only real areas you're going to find compromise between not being too far out in the East, not being too far out West, that it's going to put people off. And so at that point, it comes down more to how good is the actual stadium? How good would the facilities be? In such a situation, how will they piece all of that together to create the experience at a location like that, rather than worrying about this is too far, it's in the middle of nowhere, it's mm-hmm. I don't know in Peoria, and no one wants to go to right. Peoria unless you you're already out in the West sure. Valley. You know, it's it's a long way away, but yeah, that's yeah, what I feel like it is. It's in the middle yeah. a lot more, as Thomas is saying. No, for sure. And, and if you yeah, – me, me in the middle. Nice, Thomas. No, it's uh, – I mean, like, like we said, you have to go in the mindset from a location, location, location. That's the key. But you're like – again, going with the mindset that like you're never going to please everyone. You're – you know, at, at either locations in the past, you're catering more towards, I guess, West Valley versus East Valley. And I don't want to make it out to be that way. But it's just the fact that the location is where you've been in the past – it kind of you're going to attract more of a certain like you know different demographic not demographics uh, geographics one more than the other. This is kind of split the difference where you do meet in the middle. Um, I mean, I think to your point, what I saw Pat Moses saying in the chat is like, "Hey, like let's let's tailgate." I really want to see that 
um, environment, that fan experience really being built out. And the thing that we've been talking about this for a bit, my entire just perplexity with this entire situation is like, you want to really go through this stadium process and be like an ideal world. I would think slow, deliberate, make sure you have the right partner, make sure that you have the right location. That way we're, you know, ideally not having this conversation again. And you're able to really be deliberate in what you're doing. I get that a lot of the conversations that I've had in the past where, you know, uh, Casino Arizona Field in the past, it fell out of favor. Wild Horse Pass fell out of favor. A lot of that might have been outside of the team's hands. Maybe something came up. Maybe something didn't. Like, we don't always know. But I think the issue that I kind of had with the timing that we've all had is, yeah, you can build a pop-up stadium very quickly, but just how can you know you're doing it at a longevity place when you've only now given yourself a couple months to really get everything done. That's, that's just the one thing that the timing is just giving me a little anxiety with everything. Yeah. 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 I, I think everyone's, uh, you know, a little caught off guard, I guess, you know, we've heard rumblings and stuff like that, but it's, it's going to take a lot of work. <laughs> you know, we're months away from maybe the, the preseason. I know stuff is already happening right now. Um, my initial thoughts to this were curiosity. The first of all, because it's, this place is a swap meet. If you're Hispanic, you know all about this place. If you're Latino, because this is where you most likely were brought as a kid. It's a swap meet. It's called Los Perros. And there's a lot of Hispanic vendors there that gather on the weekend. So if they do go forward with this 40th Street in Washington location, I'm just curious to what's going to happen with that. Because there are a lot of vendors there every weekend, um, and you know, trying to make a living. And I do, I'm just curious to see what's going to happen with them. Is it are they going to be displaced? Are they going to be moved? Is this something that's going to be able to continue to happen? That's something that maybe not a lot of people have thought about already. But it's one of the first things that I that came to my head because I I live close to there. My family's been there before, so that's something that I you know first came to mind. Uh, it's also near the airport. We've seen how the coyotes are dealing with the city, uh, and the airport and, you know, it's fairly close to it. So that's going to, that might be an issue as well. Um, and so if they're working with the city of Phoenix and the airport, that's going to be maybe another hurdle that they have to go through. So it's gonna, it's gonna be an interesting, you know, uh, development with this. And that's why, you know, even though we've had all these horses, I've been hesitant to even put it on Twitter or whatever, because there's so many moving parts. And from what I'm hearing, this is basically confirmed, you know, the, the sources that they have is confirmed and we don't know. And that's the thing that I didn't want to, you know, voice out there on the Twitter sphere, because it just, we don't know what's going on. Things might change. And when that 35th Avenue and Buckeye location came about, I was like, well, I don't know what's going on at this point. Cause that was really curious to me as well. But it's a lot of stuff going on. But if you ask me if I'm fa- in, in favor of the location, yes. And I'll tell you why. Because it's it's near the um, uh, the light rail. It's a central location, quote unquote. You have a freeway. You have the 202 right there. Uh, there's places where you could go, you know, in Tempe. You know, you're, you're just maybe like half a mile away uh, if you want a pregame or, or postgame or whatever. So there, there's more to it than being at Wild Horse Pass. You know, there's a lot more uh, stuff going on than there. But still we don't know a lot of it and you know these sources i'm not sure i'm not sure what's going on with that i think just to to kind of add on to that so just to be clear here the land itself for anyone who's wondering the land itself is actually owned by the uh, aviation department of the city of phoenix so it was also the size of a greyhound track uh 
once upon a time they've been demolishing it now um and i believe it was shuttered quite a while ago as well um i i feel as though there's a slight distinction between this and the coyotes arguments for the the reason that this would be located parallel to the runways as opposed to being on a flight path going in um just i'm just gonna make a slight uh thing here by the looks of things uh if people anyone's following along with reese in this uh, eusl the game appeared to crash after about 80 minutes with reese losing uh looks as though they're about to start again so uh back to nil nil boys all oh, right reese back let's to nil, do it nil. come on reese anyway, service yeah i, mean, I know back Michael to business that. back to business okay i i tend to agree with you i feel as though from an access point here i think being on the light rail is something of a game changer in terms of opening it up to a better all-around experience of a match day um it opens up the possibility that you can be in downtown tempe you can be in downtown phoenix you can then hop on a light rail and get yourself to the game and then hop on the light rail to get back there after a game um and it opens up all of those possibilities so i i think and as you mentioned, look, it's by the 202. It's also by the 143 in case you want to get to the 10. Um, there's a lot of connectivity there in a way that would be promising, I think. Now, in terms of moving things along quickly, we do need to remember that there's a couple of precedents we've got here. Number one is, from a training perspective, do you necessarily need to be training at this stadium from the start, or do you have other facilities you could train at? The old Casino Arizona field... Uh, location is still being used for youth games at the moment there are still fields there phoenix rising youth teams play at those fields okay possibility um do you have to have preseason games being played in phoenix could they be played in tucson it's preseason okay it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen a large number of preseason games in phoenix rising moved down to tucson to play down there that's another possibility and then the, the final possibility really in it all is USL has granted teams the ability to play away from home for a lengthier stretch at the beginning of the year before then coming home and playing more games at home because of stadium issues. If they allow them to do that, again, look, it's not as though there isn't a rush to start moving things. It's about the fact that there's still room to maneuver. Mm -hmm. It's not as straightforward as we've got to have everything in place by March. It's all got to be ready to go by then. All guns blazing. It isn't that simple. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. it, and we've seen it with wrong. It should be. Right. Yeah, you look at that. You look at Northern Colorado Hailstorm, um, who also had you know a lot of situations there. It looks as though Reese is already losing to Memphis once again. Come on, Reese. Um, <laughs> Reese, you're letting us down, man. Um, but... <laughs> He'd also normally be in the chat here with us, but look, I feel as though there's a lot more flexibility, even though I think we all look at it and say this should be tied down for the start of the season. Of course, we all want that. We all want to be looking at a situation whereby at the start of the season, you know where Phoenix Rising are playing, the stadium's there, it's all ready. But if it has to come at a later date, there is precedent, at least in this league, that, well, it can happen. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely uh, keep you uh, updated with what's going on. A lot of rumors swirling around. I think 
the stadium and, you know, trying to figure out what players will be back and what players are going to come in. I think it's creating a little bit of anxiousness within the fan base, even among myself. Like I wake up and I'm like, okay, 10 a.m. There might be some news. Let's see. Let's check out. Let's check out the old rising. Well, we're also waiting on the retained list to come out as well. Like we're waiting to hear. I mean, Tori here asking, would they include the old stands in the new stadium Would demolish all the old? Tori. Come on, we we saying we can't even confirm we know they're gonna play at this site yet. We sure as hell don't have any like we, we actual architectural information as, to give uh, you at this point. As Arizona Deportiva, yeah, we wish. I'm so, we'll keep you updated as, as much as we know, or just keep tabs on the Facebook chat. They they know everything there. Um I'm just, joking. <laughs> just joking, by the way. Uh but yeah, uh we'll see. We'll see what happens. A lot of stuff is swirling around, so make sure to keep tabs on us. Uh PHNX underscore underscore rising on Twitter. We'll let you know as soon as we know. Yes, yeah, double the underscores, double the uncertainty around uh, the stadium situation. But also, shout out to the uh, chat here. Also, Reese appears to have equalized. Shout out, Reese. Oh. There we go. The goal hasn't yet come in on my uh, little feed that I've got down here. So I don't know. Yeah, I see that they're celebrating down there. Um, I'm not sure who scored the goal. We'll we'll get that for you shortly. Who's a striker? Now I'm really curious about. Let us know in the chat, by the way, how you mm-hmm. feel about the. How you feel about the stadium situation? How you feel about that location in particular? Uh, oh my God! When playing it out the back goes wrong. Perfect example. Greg Hurst. Greg Hurst with the uh, visual. Nice. Greg Hurst to finish. Pass straight to him on the edge of the penalty area. <laughs> Should we just listen to Owen narrate the? the it match? feels like watching Rising's like defense in the normal season there <laughs> this past year. Yeah, just passing it away to the opposition in an awkward spot. But yeah, I tell you what, let's move on to actual business. <laughs> All right, we'll keep we'll, we'll keep tabs. Are you guys ch- uh, the chat? will keep us uh, updated on what's going on with Reese. Um, I want to go back to last week. We were over there at our friends uh, at Four Peaks Brewery last week interviewing Luceijas. Last Wednesday, all the PHNX Sports uh, shows are there. We got to do our first show there, which was amazing. Uh, thank you to everybody that was able to make it out, and uh, thank you, Luis Cejas, that, that was able to to make it out to the interview as well. We got a, a Greg Hurst cameo as well uh, during the interview, which was awesome. He he got to uh, stick around for a little bit after the the show as well. But um, yeah, Four Peaks, amazing location. If you guys haven't uh, visited yet on Eighth Street right there in Tempe, make sure to check it out, and also make sure to check it out during the World Cup. And the reason is all the U.S. and the Mexico World Cup match will be shown at their 8th Street Pub. There's going to be beer specials, giveaways, guest appearances. Luis has said, you know, if he's available, he might pop in for a game or two. So uh, he'll be there with us. And then uh, make sure to check out the link in the show notes to register for the event for free. We're not going to charge you cover. Just come out, hang out, you know. <laughs> Uh, cheer for Mexico and U.S. It's going to be a fun time. And then just remember, guys, you must be 21 years or older uh, and enjoy responsibly. 21 years or older to drink, of course. You can... Uh... <laughs> You can bring younger people out for lunch if you want. Yeah, they just can't drink. I want to say every single lunch there. There's good lunch there. Every single one of those uh, either U.S. or Mexico World Cup matches are a noon kickoff, except for the uh, first Mexico game is a 9 a.m. kickoff, and we're actually going to be doing a breakfast buffet at Four Peaks for that. So it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be cool. It's going to be a good time. All right, I'm already buying stuff. I got a matraca. You guys know what that is, but I'm 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 going to bring it. So anyway. Luis has an interview. It was a great time. 
I, I learned so much about Luis that I didn't know just from, you know, uh, reading these articles that I was able to pull up on him. Amazing guy. Great individual. I'm sad that he's not going to be part of the team anymore, and at least in the in the player mm-hmm. capacity. But what was your favorite moment from the from the interview, guys? I feel like it was interesting to hear him talk about the future. Um, I know, look, there, a lot of that was dedicated to the past about talking about his kind of pathway from from playing as a kid up until you know be, becoming a an icon at, at Santa Fe in Colombia, um, and you know winning the Sudamericana with them. But I, I feel as though the most interesting part really is talking about the future and talking about how, look, he, he'd love to stay here in Phoenix. Um, it's something that does interest him. He's, he's currently working on his, his coaching licenses. And, you know, if, if the opportunity came up, he'd definitely be interested in doing so. And so we all kind of now are waiting around to see, does it does it happen? I mean, we, we all know that Juan said at the end of the season, look, we got to keep guys who are like high character guys like like Luis around. Are we going to see that put into practice? Max? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just a, honestly like between Juan and Luis, it's just like back-to-back interviews of just, I don't know, very candid, very open in their responses. And I just appreciate how he kind of really walked us through our entire career. I mean, those are some of the things he said. I mean you know, you can look at fought mob and like, look at where he's been, but really just the way he kind of like texturized and articulated all the different places he had been just super, super cool, man. Um, just a super genuine guy and just how, yeah, where the weather was at Santa Fe, um, or when he's going abroad to Europe and just like all the places he's been, I think just hearing that through a player's lens with the kind of star power that he has, and then even making his journey over to rising, it was just, it was just really cool to hear someone who has d- done it all, seen it all, but is still was still so hungry throughout his career and really did take on that role like of being a locker room leader, even though he even said during, you know, we came in for rise. I'm like, you have to do a trout and everything like that. And that's just like a super, it's a super interesting balance to, to find. And I just, it's just really cool to hear that from a player and just hear his perspective on everything. I'd love to throw some extra fun parts in that we had there. Number one was John Baccaro, the the story about how John Baccaro thought that he was just some kid coming to try out. <laughs> he didn't realize that Luis was like this guy who'd had huge success in other places. Yep. Of course, the fact that he's quite young, exemplified by the fact that unlike I think all of us, Luis got ID'd on the way in. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. He got ID'd yeah. at the door. Yeah. Um and also, actually, the other thing to note here, and it wasn't about what happened on the air, but about, about people came out. People came out to, yeah. to join us for that one. And, of course, if we have future interviews out there, we'd love for you guys to come and join us as well because, hey, it's it's always a good time out at Four Peaks. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, thanks to everyone who, uh, who you know, enjoyed first round on me. I looked at my tab, man. It was like 70-plus <laughs> bucks. So, like, I bought a good handful of beers. So, I – oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's the guns of guns. Oh man, yeah, no. Rumor I, has hey, it he's hey. gonna do the same again for the World Cup every whoa, game. Whoa, whoa, okay, okay. If you, gosh darn it, <laughs> I, you know I'm not gonna put it in running yet, but I'll put a little verbal. You can try to clip this if you dare. But if if USA if I beat dare, Wales, are you daring me? USA USA beat Wales that first match. 
I'm buying every. I'm buying first round for everyone, man. Let's go. But um, you, yeah. But but by, by the way, and like I don't want to take away. Oh, he's totally get out of here. Stop. <laughs> it did say today on that. It said today on Absolute blasphemy. But um, I don't want to take away from the interview just because we're on the subject of Fort Peaks and World Cup. Really quick, want to mention as well. We are. Uh, I have a call tomorrow with them, but we should be solidifying some post-match live shows from Four Peaks after those World Cup matches and maybe even a rising player or two in attendance for the watch party and the World Cup. So again, more information to come, but just want to throw that teaser out there as well. Ramon and I are going to be at every single one of those, by the way. Uh, we'll get a, we'll get Owen in either way. We'll have you all call in for the U.S.-Wales uh, match. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what the situation is. I may be yeah. stuck on a uh, very long metro ride back. <laughs> Me a fun time, the sticks yeah. that stadium is. <laughs> yeah, but where else could you get this kind of coverage, y'all? Only with PHNX. <laughs> yeah, make sure to stay tuned. PHNX Rising, and and you know, just enjoy the fun. It's gonna be a great time this month. Um, before we take on, uh, leave the the Luis has conversation. I was just amazed uh, how Max was saying earlier that it's insane how lucky we are to have this sort of player available, mm-hmm. like. Like, you know, he was doing an Instagram live, you know, once he announced his retirement with uh, some people from uh, that he knew. And he was talking about how, you know, if he walks anywhere in Colombia, Bogota, people are going to recognize this guy. Like, you know, it's insane how huge of a player he is, how popular he is. And for us to be able to, first of all, watch him play, to know him and to interview an, an amazing honor to have him on the show, because this is a huge figure in South American soccer and you know just in soccer overall and so you know we're extremely blessed to be able to speak um to him and uh, hopefully he's able to come back out and and all the insight that he has you know once once we uh, cut off the show he continued to kind of talk to us about you know the you know his his thoughts and feelings regarding the club and and what he's planning on doing which you know it's it's great and i love the fact that as a player he recognized that hey there's there's life after soccer and he was already kind of setting up you know the building blocks for that so um it was great oh look at that max there you go max you committing to buy him out <laughs> shoot <laughs> what money does max make he's just buying first rounds for everybody that's awesome hey man yeah, i'm a man, man, of people. People. <laughs> man of the people for sure um all right y'all um i don't want to alarm anybody but we got some breaking contract news right now i don't know if max wants Ooh. to touch on this because i just got word that we got something going on oh man okay well Wait, Max, you got the retained yeah. list. You know who's coming back next year. He's got year. something. Yeah, He's got okay, something. okay, okay. All right, well, hey, this is, you know, kind of heard a bit of the rumblings earlier in the day, but, I mean, this is a PHNX Rising exclusive. OGs is back, baby, and they're going Woo. across the entire PHNX network. We, you guys have already heard us talking about it, you know, for the last, since, gosh, since April but they're now going to be on every single one of our shows. Um, they've been a phenomenal partner to work with, uh, really just hooking us up and just being absolutely awesome people. They're going to be at more live events. Uh, might, you know, should even see them at these World Cup watch parties. So, you know, we just really appreciate everything that they've done. We kind of started along the same time that they did, and we just appreciate the heck out of them. And if you are a PHNX member, we are working on some member specific like deals and discounts and p- kind of programs and stuff like that. So buy a PHNX membership if you don't already have one and 
just keep supporting OGs, man. I know a lot of people shout you got shout them out in the chat. Um, accuse me of taking OGs live on the show, which is kind of blasphemy, except for the times where I did. You, you admitted end. that you did, yeah. Okay, towards the did. end, but there was there was that it was the one show after we were eliminated where I had my hoodie on and I was very solemn, and everyone's like, "Oh, this guy, oh man, OGs." I'm like, "No, dude, I'm just bummed." But anyway, <laughs> this that's besides the point. Uh, no, we appreciate them, appreciate you guys because you guys supporting them and us helps us do our thing so thank you guys for shouting them out i'd also love to shout out the fact that unlike phoenix rising we now have someone publicly under contract for next year let's go let's go wow yeah <laughs> ramon Whoa. did you do the scarf giveaway it was given away. it was, <laughs> it was given, given away, away on uh on that show yes exactly i took care of that sorry bonnie i'll i'll see if i can give something out i have a couple of usa scarves that i might be able to give out during these events so if you guys make it out might be able to give some of those out uh, if you guys join us at Four Peaks. So, uh, are you trying yeah. to give them away, or are you trying to get rid of them? No, I mean, I like I, I the one that I do have, but I'm not going to give away. I got in Cincinnati. That was at the U.S. Mexican. So that one's that one's my baby. I'm gonna keep that one, but maybe maybe one of the other ones that I have for sure. But yeah, make it out to the events. We might we're gonna do some giveaways for sure. It's gonna be a good time. All right, y'all. Uh, I think maybe we should talk about the USL playoffs, right? <laughs> That's still happening, right? Um, but yeah, an eventful semifinals uh, this past weekend. Some crazy games, man. I'm kind of bummed that Rising's not in that mix because there were some crazy games. I mean, except for the San Antonio one. So we should, uh, we'll should we talk about that a little bit. So San Antonio took care of business at home. Uh, they're just, you know, marching through the playoffs. No no uh, problem there for them. Uh, 3-0 over Oakland. Uh, just too much too much firepower from, from San Antonio. Were you guys able to catch the highlights or watch the game? I was watching that game, and yeah, they were, they were just too much in there. Um, it's intriguing, of course. Sam Adenaran getting it started there for them against Oakland Roots. Of course, he was a player that was linked to Rising over the offseason. In fact, Rising thought last offseason they were going to get him. They thought they were going to get him, and it didn't turn out that way. He he stayed up there with uh, Seattle, ended up on loan out to San Antonio. How the season could have been different if he'd have ended up here, actually. That would have really been intriguing, of course. Again, we know that Greg Case wasn't brought in as the starting number nine, even though at times he he definitely became that. You'd have thought that Sam Adeneron would have been the the starting nine there. Um, but yeah, they were just too much. And it's not a surprise, right? Oakland are a a decent team, but not real, there's not really enough there. Um, they never were going to, I think, threaten for the actual... Uh, the actual title ultimately it just this just wasn't gonna happen but mm-hmm. yeah i, I mean I'm, i don't think any of us are shocked that san antonio came away pretty strong in that game yeah i'm curious to see what uh oakland's gonna do obviously you know uh they had to you know put someone in charge after juan guerra left they have a lot of decisions to make with a lot of their players um and so we'll see we'll see what happens with oakland this offseason but yep san antonio moves on to the conference finals let's stick with the west coast uh colorado switchbacks 2-1 over sacramento republic were you guys surprised by this i was you know my pick was sacramento for this one but uh ultimately the uh colorado was able to take care of it at home yeah i mean it was close it was close. Let's mm. be let's be honest here. It was a very close game. Of course it was. It went into extra time, but I don't know. I'm I'm not not really sure. Also, shout out to the chat here. Sorry a minute, talking about Reese actually. Um bad news, it was offside. Yeah. Uh, Reese did equalize in the ninety third minute. It was oh. called offside. So Reese final whistle has just gone. 
Greece has lost in the semi-final. It's Memphis oh, 901 by a score of two to one. Memphis, of course, also played this weekend. We'll speak about them in a minute. Um, but yeah, let's talk about that game. I wasn't watching a huge amount of that one, I'll be perfectly honest, because I was too busy watching the Eastern Conference game going on at that moment. Yeah, that was a uh that that was a thriller, wasn't it, really? Louisville against Pittsburgh. Both of the Eastern Conference ones were pretty pretty crazy. So uh yeah, we have Louisville. Uh, two. I mean, Pittsburgh. They had a two goal lead with you know what was it, twenty minutes ago, fifteen minutes ago, and yeah. Louisville was able to catch up, Straight send away. the game into penalties, and then ultimately take it uh, in penalties. So shout out to Pittsburgh, man. I, I think they went a lot farther than a lot of people uh, thought they could, especially putting up this kind of fight against Louisville, man. Which is you know the 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 cream of the crop of the Eastern Conference. It's 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 amazing. Good good stuff for them. Reese has just hopped into the chat, by the way. So I'm sure after the next ad, we're going to uh, have to have a kind of post-game interview with him via the chat. But um, let, let's carry on for now. And uh, I tell you what, I'll send the first question over to Reese, which is, Reese, how do you think you did today? Um, but while we're on the topic of Louisville against uh, Pittsburgh Riverhands, yeah, it, it's it's just a symbol of, I think, who Louisville are, how mm-hmm. big a club they are, that they yet again have made it to the conference final. Every single season of their existence, they've made it that far. Pittsburgh unlucky, that one goal that was disallowed. I don't think we'll ever know if it was onside or offside, that one goal in extra time. Way too tight. Not a good camera angle. I tell you what, that's poor. That's poor mm-hmm. for a nice, big, modern stadium like Lynn Family Stadium that, for whatever reason... Hey, you can't seem to get the right camera angles mm. to be able to tell things like that, which is funny then because people will talk about VAR. Couldn't have fixed anything with that. It was way too yeah. tight and the angle was way too poor. Um, but yeah, hats off to Louisville. That was a Hey, they find a way to win. Them. And ultimately, that's what you need to do in the playoffs. So they're they're at the in the Eastern Conference final once again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, heavy favorites, I would say, to to go back to the USL. Uh, cup final. Uh, let's move on to Memphis against Tampa Bay Rowdies. That one was like pretty hard to watch, man. Memphis had it. Ultimately, gives away a penalty that uh, that gives Tampa Bay the win. Uh, but this this kind of stuff happens, man. It's playoff soccer. You know, it can go one way or the other. So, uh, what thoughts on this one? I didn't actually get to watch this game because I was busy out at Sun Devil Soccer Stadium. Shout out to the girls. Um, they are playing U of A actually on Friday night. Uh, mm looking to try and secure this spot in the tournament. Uh, I think they can They can do it. They've had a pretty good year, and they've got some very good Quick players in there. That, Owen. So is it what? like a fi- Final Four kind of tournament with the ladies as well when it comes to soccer? Yeah, it's a, it's a big single elimination tournament. Um, nice. They're still not entirely impossible necessarily that they host, although their loss on Sunday makes that a lot tougher. Mm. Um, host the first round, that is, because the first round's played out on um, campus sites at least. Uh, but it all culminates in a final four over in uh, North Carolina, uh, uh, North Carolina nice. FC's stadium. But yeah, it's, I didn't get to watch that game, but when I saw what happened afterwards, like, two penalties in stoppage time, two penalties in stoppage time. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. A lot, lots of stuff going on in USL uh, playoffs. So it's, you know, we just got to keep, you know, stay tuned to to what happens this weekend. So uh, conference finals, it's going to be San Antonio hosting Colorado. What are you guys thinking for that one? Well, I think San Antonio takes that pretty, pretty easily as well. 
for for Harry's sake, I'm just yeah, I'll say the same thing. Harry, how you feeling, man? <laughs> Harry's in the chat as always. Appreciate it. But yeah, I think San Antonio makes it out of the West, out of the East. Louisville, Tampa Bay. We've seen the story before, but who's gonna go to the final? It's not the first. You're right. It's definitely not the first time these teams have actually yeah. met. If I'm not mistaken, in the this will be the third time in a row that mm-hmm. they have been the conference final. At least the third time. What was it in 2019? Yeah, I can't remember now. off the top of my head, but yeah, they know. Right, I'm trying to look up stats and other things for that as well. <laughs> There's so much. I think, Louisville at home, I think having to play that game against Pittsburgh, whenever you have that tough game where you have to win it in penalties and, and give it your all to, to survive, I think it kind of lights a fire under you. So I think they're just they're going to be able to take care of Tampa Bay um, at home. I don't know. I'm still just at a point whereby having the two number one seeds make it through is just weird. Yeah, it's weird. I don't Happening know. Happening in I, this weekend. Yeah, so. but I don't know. I'm not. I'm not fully convinced. I feel like there's got to be an upset in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what it's gonna be, and that's really <sighs> the question. But at the same time, right? The USL adopted its two conference system back in. 2015 and there has never been a case where the two number one seeds in the conference mm-hmm. have both made it to the finals and hosted mm. there have been times when division winners have hosted that was when we had a, the weird division system in 2020 that kind of the different groups but we haven't had the top team from each conference make it Michael to says, even uh, this stage i mean yeah, it's possible. I was I was really hoping for that Memphis Louisville rematch because they have been such good games mm-hmm. in uh it's just been such good games and I'm I'm disappointed it's not happening. I to me it's just it's just very interesting how like the Western and the Eastern Conference, how those two finals are gonna be completely different just in terms of how the teams got there. I mean, on the one hand, the West, I mean you have a team San Antonio steamrolling people with Colorado Springs. They got there after a grueling, like long extra time match. So kind of one team a bit fresher than the other in theory. On the eastern side, you have one, you know, you have uh, you know, Louisville who, I mean, they scored twice in the last 10 minutes of the of the match to come from behind. And on the other hand, yeah, Tampa Bay, like like we all said you know, scores that penalty in the 99th minute. It's just different how I feel you usually have two teams get there in very different fashions. And in the East, kind of the same. Um, I don't know, man, on my end, I, I just think that that just makes it so like razor thin, just the margins. I'm, I have, don't really have any much to basis. I'm just going to go Tampa Bay just because give me the upset. Keep the train rolling. Chaos, you know, there's all the talking chaos. here as well. Chad to Harry here with the, typically the West number one gets knocked out early. I do feel like the West cannibalizes itself a lot more than the East. Mm -hmm. That's why we don't see finals typically hosted out in the Western Conference, because the West just cannibalizes itself. We saw that actually with the bottom end of the playoffs. The Eastern Conference, they were all running away with it at the top. San Antonio accepted in the West, but they genuinely Mm -hmm. did just run away with this league. But typically, the West just cannibalizes itself. And Mm -hmm. if San Antonio Mm -hmm. can can ultimately win through and, and host this, it'll be a... An interesting one to actually see a, a final not held in one of the the usual haunts of Louisville or Tampa Bay. You know, we get to see it go somewhere else, and I'd I'd be intrigued to see that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see this weekend what happens, and uh, we'll we'll see what the the two finalists will be. It's gonna be an interesting one.
For sure. Uh, we also got some news out of the league office. Uh, they announced the all league first and second teams. Uh, oh, and I'm not sure if you got to vote for this one. No, no, I didn't. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not on the national media panel. <laughs> oh, darn. Uh, but there were some uh, really good selections. I don't think anyone can really complain this season. I think whoever was in the first team, I don't know if you guys got a chance to look at that. Uh, Jordan Farr of San Antonio, part of the first team. Uh, Aaron Guillen of uh, Tampa Bay. Edgardo Rito um, from Oakland Roots. Um, Mitchell Tainer from San Antonio FC. Sean Toch uh, from Louisville City. Uh, yeah, third selection for him. You know, he's a mainstay for sure. Enzo Martinez, Aaron Malloy, Rodrigo Lopez, Leo Fernandez, Philip Goodrum, and Milan Iloski, uh, part of the first team. I don't think we're really missing anybody. <laughs> I think they're they're all pretty much uh, on a class of their own. Uh, I, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say this, though. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to make this point now. Do it. There is a obviously in certain positions, uh, I think, a bias towards players on teams that do well. And that's because certain stats as well that people typically judge on um, are inevitably going to be biased towards teams that do well. I'll take one perfect example. Harry's not going to like this. I'm going to use Jordan Farr as the perfect example. It's not that he's a bad goalkeeper by any stretch of the imagination. It's not that he's had a bad season by any Mm. stretch of the imagination. But when you look at things like clean sheets as a perfect example, sure, but he's had to make 78 saves this season. Ben Luntz had to make 115 Okay, when when you balance those things out, a goalkeeper, I don't always like clean sheets as a goalkeeper stat because it doesn't tell you the full story. There's a lot more in terms of looking at the shots they've had to face and the situations they've had to face in that way rather than just looking at something like clean sheets, which inevitably ends up with guys like Jordan Farr, who had great seasons. I'm not going to take that away from him. He has had a very good season, but I'm not sure he's the best goalkeeper in the league, I'll be honest. Hmm. Uh, let's see, uh, far equaled the championship's individual single season shutout record with 15 clean sheets while posting a save percentage of 75.8% and a 0.78 goals against average. So pretty good stats there, you know, but yes, I, I do agree with your point. I don't think, uh, clean sheets necessarily take, uh, tell you the full story. Uh, Kyle Morton for Louisville city. This is the second team. Um, okay. From, uh, Rio, uh, RGV, Paco Craig from Miami FC, Jonathan Dean, uh, Graham Smith, Alejandro Guido, uh, Cam Lindley, Canardo Forbes from Pittsburgh, Haji Berry, you know, who's, not, who's now playing in Egypt, uh, Carlson. I think he's going to be an interesting one to see if he he stays in Oakland. Uh, we'll see. Maybe he goes back to Italy. And then uh, Williams from Charleston Battery completes the second team. Yeah, I, I mean, look, again, actually, Kyle Morton is a better illustration of this than Jordan Farr was. I know I'm going hard on this clean sheet. And Pat Moses is right. Clean sheets, <laughs> they're a team stat, really, okay? They just are. Kyle Morton had 13 clean sheets, second in the league. How many saves did he have to make, boys? Give me a guess. Give me a guess. I'll say 75. It's less than that Oof. by quite a bit. Then that's bad. 52. He's 25th <laughs> in the wow. league. 25th in the league in terms of saves. And Jesus. I guarantee that's you all his defense, then. That's not really yeah. go on it, look at stuff and say, wow, you know, look, he kept 13 clean sheets. Yeah, you had to make 50 saves. Come on. Okay, that is less than half the number of saves. There are two goalkeepers in this league that have had more than double the number of saves and they played on bad teams. Mm. And that's why they made that many. He saves. has a 72% save percentage with 50 saves. I don't know. Yeah. 
it's it's kind of a it's kind of a product of the way of like not not necessarily chicken before the egg but it's like if you're on a bad team you're going to face more shots you're most likely going to make more saves but then how does that look in the grand scheme of things of how people are voting i mean i think i think the people voting they're looking for they're looking for i mean it's it's a lot of vanity stats right it is those shots but it's also how the team is doing and you kind of have to balance it i I want to give Ben Lutt the credit as much as anyone. And I'm not saying that he shouldn't be on these teams, but I, I get unfortunately why people rule him out because you're, you know, you're playing for a team that's near the bottom and you're conceding a lot. Even if he is making all those saves, there has to be some sort of balance. I don't know how to strike that. You know, I've yeah. got to take. Okay. Hit me. The national media panel doesn't make sense. Given the state of USL's media landscape. Hmm. I don't like feel very, as like, though there I is a. <laughs> I don't feel as though there is a developed enough national media landscape among USL to justify the fact that there's a, you know, a weight really of any note given to the media vote for these. Simply because the vast majority of people who are going to vote on this probably don't necessarily watch that much football or their fan media. Um, that's the nature of the USL media landscape I've seen this year. I've traveled to a lot of these cities and the actual presence there is minimal at times, especially when you go to bigger cities, there's, there's no real you know, attempt to pay much attention. And so when you get to that, you're kind of giving votes to people who don't watch that much USL. Um, yeah. right. or, or they do it through the lens of being just fans. Um, in which case might as well just be, a fan vote might as well just be one of those ones where you slap it online and say, go set a bot to, you know, spam the poll as much as you possibly can. Yeah. There shouldn't be a media vote. It should be a coach vote and you can't vote your own players, but best way to do it. You know, it, it gets rid of some of, I think the, especially because in a media vote, what you sometimes end up with, I feel is a, there'll be an element of of laziness in some of the voting, especially if you're not paying as close attention to the rest of the league. At least from a technical perspective, the technical staff at these clubs have to pay somewhat of attention to uh, mm-hmm. the teams that they're having to play against, whereas I, no, I don't really. always feel it's quite the same from a media perspective. For sure, for sure. But yep, those are all your all-league teams for this year. I believe if my research is correct... This is the first time since 2017 that there's not a rising player in either the first or the second all-league team. So that you just tells you in the season. Yeah, so we'll see. Hopefully that can change next season. Uh, let's take a quick break, guys, and talk about DraftKings. If you guys haven't downloaded the app, make sure to do so today. New customers can bet $5 on any NBA money line bet and get $200 if your team wins. So an amazing promotion and also you can boost your winnings up to 100 with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays so make sure to take advantage of that and it's super simple guys download the DraftKings sportsbook app use promo code phnx and you can get to winning and remember minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply make sure to check out the show notes for more details i just want to say we've got a quote we've got a quote from a certain uh player here and it's Reese just commenting on what went wrong today, by the way, saying the tactics weren't good enough. The players were worse. Well, Reese, thank you. We think you're well on your way to football management with a phenomenal press conference answers like this. Uh, can't possibly see how that's, uh, yeah, <laughs> how that would be a bad sign. But hey, he didn't shrug, or at least we didn't see him shrug. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that brings back memories for sure. Um, All right, y'all, to finish up the show, I do want to talk a little bit about the MLS final. We're going to have LAFC hosting the Philadelphia Union, two number one seeds. I know Owen's super excited to hear about that. But most importantly, and this is what I wanted to talk to Owen about, and as well as Max, I want to hear your take as well. Gareth Bale has not played any games in close to, I dare say, a month, at least three weeks for sure. Is that of any concern to you heading into the World Cup, which is less than 25 days away? Can we, can we talk about just like, let's just limit the scope of this. Sorry, he hasn't played any football games, is what you're saying. Yeah. He might he's have played some golf. The golf course. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably had some trips to the golf course. But... Upper body, Jack. Yeah. Torso, <laughs> Jack. I feel, I feel Obliques, as though... on fire. <laughs> I feel as though it's something that, look, it's. It's more to me about how is he doing fitness-wise. Look, of course you want him to be up to full match speed. Of course you do. But um, I'd rather him be a little bit less sharp but fully fit rather than going in with a nagging injury that's going to ultimately keep him out of contention for even playing half the time. Um I'd rather just have a fit Gareth Bale rather than necessarily a fully sharp Gareth Bale at this point. Um, Just something to note. So Bale has only played five minutes of football for LAFC since September, where he made two appearances in the Nations League for Wales. Uh, You know, I'm not necessarily... I've watched a lot of the LAFC games this year. I don't think they're going to use him in the final. I don't think he's playing on Sunday. I don't think there's a need to. LAFC is plenty... Uh, deep in that position, at least for them to, you know, if, if it is, it's more of a break in, in case of emergency. But for, you know, arguably your best player for Wales, I, I, it's a little bit concerning that he's not at least getting off the bench and getting some solid minutes or rotation. That, that's just my. He my was team. barely playing at times at Real Madrid and he'd still show up for Wales. So, I mean, and don't get me yeah. wrong. Would I like to see him playing? Of course you would. Of course you want to see him going out there and succeeding. Mm-hmm. But. Again, the main thing just is please, please, no injuries. And I mean, that's that's pretty much what I was going to say is like, you know, as a U.S. fan, I I'm not I'm not hoping for an injury. I'm going to put that out there right now. I'm not that guy. However, um, it does scare me that he is very well rested. He has a history of being a bit injury prone over long campaigns, especially at this stage of his career. And he really is one of those players who, like to Owen's point, he wasn't playing much at Real Madrid. Whenever he puts on that that Welsh jersey, my word, that man is a dang superstar. He terrifies me. He can literally break the game open by himself um, for that club. I mean, Owen, you, of course, know that much better than I do, but just in watching him when he's played, even in recent matches, like even when they're not performing well as a team, he looks good in that kid. And I'm just like, I don't care if he doesn't play, if he didn't play at all during this playoffs. I don't care if it was five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is. Like the fact that he's going to be well rested, great for him, bad for bad for us. So I'm I'm it makes me a little nervous. Um, I I also agree, like, I don't think he's gonna play. If he does, it'll be like come on in, like if they're if, like if they end up pulling away from Union, like give him five minutes run out, but like even then. I, I just don't see him playing like realistically. It's probably more in like a tight scenario if you're if they go into extra time or something like that. But I, mm-hmm. I just don't know. I don't see, I I would not be shocked at all if he doesn't dress and he just has this kind of unsung agreement with LAFC when he signed, being like, hey, 
Um, I'm going to come do my thing, play a bit of minutes here and there, but like, I'm not trying to get injured. And LAFC is probably like, yeah, man, we have a lot of like players who are probably quite frankly, better than you in the spurts that we play them. So I think it's kind of like a mutual. We're good. Worth noting as well that a lot of players are coming into this world cup. There's been all the talk that players are massively overworked at the minute that they have been having to play Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday for, a while coming in and so yeah and that's you know, to your point about him being well rested yeah and you get you get yeah. eight days you get eight day right it's either seven or eight days from when mo- like these seasons end mls i get is a bit different but like when the prem season ends to when world cup starts that's insane like that's the yep. body is, is like tax man then you're flying overseas for like all all these players it's just uh yeah it's a lot it's i'm I'm very curious how the World Cup shapes out, but yeah, I think it's yeah. <laughs> sure. No, and, and we're seeing it, and that, that was going to be my next point because uh, Pat, to piggyback off of Pat's comment here, uh, it says, uh, "Would you risk playing in the MLS right before?" Probably not, right? If you're going to go and represent your your country, especially after what is it? Oh, in like sixty years since, since it yeah, the last been. time Wales qualified for a World Cup was in 1958. Yeah, so definitely, I'm sure he's taking that into account. And to your point, Max, so I'm looking at the menu. Uh, schedule right now their last game is sunday november 13th so the first game of the world cup is what the 20th that's like six days seven days from going from your club team over to playing the world cup and we've seen it we uh they just released that paul pogba will not be playing for france he's out you know he's he's uh, injured dabala for argentina is not going uh you know son just got son just got injured today. today yeah yeah. Uh, Varan for uh, for a Man U, but we're not sure of his status. You know, Raul Jimenez, Tecatito from Mexico. A lot of these injuries are starting to pile up, man. All the all the games are playing in that short of t- you know uh, amount of time, especially with these top teams where you you play Saturday and then you have to play Tuesday or Wednesday in the Champions League, and then again you <laughs> on Saturday. It's tough, man. It's it's gonna be really rough on the players. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, y'all. Anything else y'all want to talk about? Yeah, I got a quick thing. Um, DraftKings Sportsbook put down $5 on old uh, Tottenham to win outright, plus 130. And I got myself some coin, a little $11 and some change as well. I was sweating it towards the end. I thought we were going to go down to the Europa League. So uh, that was a roller coaster, and I wouldn't have hopped on this show if that happened. (laughs) It's crazy how you can end up in the Europa League, but then you end up first in the group. Hey, <laughs> like man, you got to love it. You know, the one that we were supposed to walk through, but, you know, we got to make it difficult on ourselves. Um, quick thing, though, on DraftKings, I know you mentioned it. They're actually doing um, – they did a parlay odds boost. So if you put three or more legs down on um, a pregame picks on a, over a parlay for Champions League, so like games tomorrow, pick three or more teams to win before they kick off. You, they give you an extra bonus for that. I did that today. I lost, um, but that's okay because I won with Tottenham. So let's go. Always bet on Spurs. Ooh. Smart smart people do. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. Don't listen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, y'all. That ends the show for today. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with some more stuff, some great content for you this offseason. Uh, and again, thank you so much for joining us. We will be back then. Until then, take care. Have a wonderful night.